Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. How are you today, sir? I'm beautiful, sir. You're up in uh, in Boston. Uh, I heard that you're going to get some weather up there today. Or is yeah, it is it today? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I was planning on coming home this Friday, but now it looks like I'm going to sit a day or two. Well, you are get in on New England. You know what? I think Mark Twain said, uh, "If you don't like the weather in New England, give it 24 hours." So it, it changes that quickly. I can't tell you how many times I've been in New England and they've said this major storm is going to hit or you're going to get so many inches of snow and then you wake up thinking you're going to miss school and it misses you, you know, or it's or it's mm-hmm. rain. Oh, what do you know? You know it's rain. You uh, know, now I've lived in Pennsylvania for many, 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 many years. I lived in West Virginia for a while, too, because of because of work in, uh, in where you live in, mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. You always griped about the West Virginian rednecks and the way they drive, and they can't handle the snow. And I would have thought in this area of the country that people could drive in that foul weather. Because mm-hmm. we got a little blast of snow the other night. I had to run to the store, and I saw cars all over the road, and I'm going, these idiots can't drive in a dusting on the road? No, they can. And they can, Bill. You, are, you're in, you were in the Boston proper area? Uh, actually I'm over around Cambridge. So. Yeah, you're in the Boston proper area. What you have, Bill, is you have a lot of city dwellers who have cars trying to drive in snow. That's different. But if you go out into the, the, the burbs, they can drive. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, I don't know. There was all over the news you know, there were wrecks galore, but you know, from Wooster all the way up, I was like, Oh, what the hell? You know, I would have thought. So, you know, if you're, you know, from Pennsylvania, even West Virginia, Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you kudos on your driving skills compared to what I saw <laughs> you know, with the, the dusting here the other day. I'm going like, I don't know about these guys. Hey, uh, we all remember Victor Bout, you know? Oh, yes. I yeah. think it's Victor Bout. Victor Bout. I said you know, it, that does make sense. Yes. Victor Bout. Victor Bout was uh, the merchant of death. That's what they labeled him as. We had never, yeah. All of us had never heard of this guy until that trade happened, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden we heard that he was the merchant of death, and we all sort of followed along thinking, ooh, he must have horns and he must be evil. Well, he was traded for Brittany Griner, who, by the way, we don't know anything about her either. Uh, I have my suspicions, but I'm not going to say them here because... Because I have no proof, okay? And if I don't have any proof, I'm not going to talk about it. But Victor Bout, he, he went back to uh, to Russia, and right. he was interviewed by an English-speaking reporter about uh, his experiences with Americans. Now, this is the merchant of death, the, the evil one talking. I want you to listen to what he has to say. You might, you might want to listen to it a couple of times, you know, stop the tape and wind it back, not tape, you know, stop the program and go back and listen to it again until you get it. Because he, he does have a Russian accent. You might miss a few things, but what he's saying is really interesting. Listen, Victor Brut. America is very much similar. Look, it's the same size. They have a, it's the same kind of this. And when you talk to them, there is nothing there even to beef about. We are naturally you know, born not to be enemies. And whenever this conflict, it's elites. You know, every 
know American I met in the prison who is from rural area it was very easy to deal with he has no problem with Russia and he was curious about Russia despite all propaganda they're losing their Christian values they're losing their families they're losing literally their countries it's not anymore the same country we knew America who used to be a model for entire world and lead and be an example you know like they say a shiny town on the you know sparkling town on a hill and this is of course pity it was a strong country who was really a you know industrial light you know this one and look for 30 40 years deindustrialization drug problem crime waves you can understand and i feel more empathy to american after this experience than i would feel any hate he feels more empathy towards americans because of experience than i feel hate he was talking about how we were once the shining city, mm-hmm. he says, on the hill, and uh, how we have more in common than not. He said, when you talk to people in prison, if they're from a rural area, they're very curious, they're very friendly, they're very, you know, the kind of people you would expect Americans to be. He was saying all nice, complimentary things about the U.S., and, uh, you know, of course, our our propaganda just paints him out to be uh, subhuman. Now I'm not saying he's a a good guy. You know he's obviously done some. He's sold weapons, but dare I say, our country has supri- supplied weapons to the wrong side many times too. We just handed. I was just going to say that. Yeah, we're an arms dealer too. So. Yep. Oh. We just handed over eighty nine billion dollars worth of our equipment which included billions in weaponry to the Taliban in Afghanistan mm-hmm. how is that not uh, how is that not arms selling it's not arms selling it's arms giving um, and you know I've read that the Taliban is selling that equipment to other people around the world I mean they can only use so much of the equipment they only oh, need yeah, so much it's- it's like funding them, you know. We gave them a, uh, we gave them a source of income. I understand too. There was humanitarian aid that went to the Taliban, and I'm going, why? Yeah. And we're talking millions upon millions of dollars worth. Yeah. So they did a photo op with it, you know. Say, hey, look what we got from America. Yeah. Thanks. You're I, welcome. I don't understand uh, what is is really going on. I. I I don't think that we're being told the whole story about, for example, the Ukraine and that war over there. I, I, no, I, I, I have either. I have my real doubts, Bill, about Zelensky and his administration. I don't think he's on the up and up. I just that's my own humble opinion. I think he is. Um, if there were, if this were a movie, he might be the villain. People mm-hmm. say, "Oh, that can't be." He he's. Uh, He's fighting for the freedom of his land, for his country. Is he really fighting for that? Or, or you know, what about, uh, are they trying to keep certain things quiet? I mean, are they afraid that if they if they lose certain, certain terrible things that have been happening in that country will come to light and they don't want that to happen? Like, for example, those bio labs. They don't talk about those bio labs. There were, what was it, 40 of them along the border when they said there were none initially? 
And yeah, not initially. Then it got up to 13. Now there's a bunch of them. Yeah. And they'll say, well, they they really were making innocent stuff in there. It really wasn't terrible. It was just like almost, it was like innocent weaponry that they were making in there, you know. So what we're going through is distraction theater. I think we are. I mean, look what happened yesterday, Bill. We're bouncing around here a bit, and I, I don't mean to do it, but Joe Biden signed the uh, Respect for Marriage Act yesterday at uh, mm-hmm. the White House. Never mind the fact that it's been in law for a decade already. It was signed by Obama in his administration. So why are we making an issue about something that we've been enforcing for over a decade? Did you ever hear, Bill, anyone complain about the fact that uh, that gay marriage was unaccepted? Nowadays, gay marriage is very accepted in, in this society. Am I right? Look, I yeah, and and a lot of families do have somebody that's gay in it that's probably married now. If 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 you couldn't do it, uh, what about Buttigieg? You know? Oh, Isn't absolutely. He... Yeah, this is a great example, Bill. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is all a show for something, and that's all there is to it. And th- then their guests at the White House. What was his name? Uh, the Marty uh, Marty oh, Gold Cummings or something yeah. like that. The drag queen. I'll tell you in a second. Do not go away. He's the guy that said kids are out to sing yeah, yeah. and suck. D. Yeah, Marty Gould Cummings is uh, the name of the drag queen who was uh, at the White House. He he also wrote some other controversial things on his Twitter page that I'm not going to uh, get into because well, he doesn't believe in the police. No, he doesn't. He does so not. when 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 some so one somebody from Mississippi beats the hell out of him, yeah, Marty, don't expect the cops to come to your aid because you don't want them anyway. Well, he won't go to Mississippi. My goodness, you know he, he I'm sure he he stays uh, in Mississippi his Mississippi might come to him. <laughs> he stays in his safe zone, <laughs> you know, Chicago's and like that, New York. Yeah, I think we are like, being distracted. I think we're being distracted every day. If you can have a ceremony with with uh, drag queens and Cindy Lauper, wait it. Wait, did I say Cindy Lapa? Cindy Lapa. Wait a second. Yes. I said I said I said with my Boston accent. See, you go to Boston, I get the accent. It's Cindy, Cindy Lapa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls yes. just want to have boys just want to be girls. Yeah, she was up there. Didn't she do that song? She's she's pushing uh, I think she's like 70, 71 years old now. And she was up there with her pink hair and Oh, yeah, nice. And I don't know why she was there, but she was. And she actually did a little bit of a, of a performance, and I'm going to play it for you right now. I see your true colors, and that's why I love you, so don't be afraid. Oh, oh. oh. oh Cindy. Oh, Power can't hit them notes anymore. Uh, power for the oh, people, yes. Gosh. That's oh, that's Cindy Lauper. <laughs> yeah, she really oh. you gotta you gotta give her a little credit though. She she gave it her all. She put her uh, all she, into it. Yeah. She she belted it out there, and that's for that's for everybody, she said too. <laughs> power for the people. Power <laughs> for the people, but the people that we agree with, you 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 election deniers and but stuff see, like that. Getting back to the distraction, Bill, 
if you can have Cindy if you can have Cindy Lauper and uh, Marty Gould Cummings, that wonderful drag queen, and I believe he was dressed in uniform. Uh, yes, he was. Yes, uh, you can have them dancing around the uh, the White House. You're not paying attention to the fact that thousands and thousands of uh, illegal immigrants are pouring into the country at record numbers. I'm serious, record numbers. And that drugs, oh my gosh, drugs are just coming in like you wouldn't believe. Um, oh, yeah. I have, uh, I have Representative James Comer. He was on yeah. with Greta Van Susteren. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about Mayorkas and what he wants to do when uh, Comer gets control of one of the committees, I guess, right. which would oversee Homeland Security. And he's fed up with Mayorkas and what's happening. And uh, take a listen to this. We've been communicating with border agents, and Mayorkas meets with them regularly. Unlike the president and the vice president, Mayorkas does go to the border a lot, but he's basically telling the border agents to stand down. And they're pleading with Mayorkas to say, they're, they're, they know our schedule. They know that when the Mexican drug cartels bring these 50 to 100 uh, migrants across the line, that the Border Patrol now has to process them. They take them, and then they take them to their facility to process them, therefore leaving the border unpatrolled. Then the packers go across with the backpacks full of fentanyl. That's how it ends up here. It happens every day. And, and Mayorkas is basically telling them, well, I know, I get it, but, you know, I'm not the one making the final call here. So what can be done? I mean, look, well, it's coming in. I mean, look, it was much harder years ago to bring a bale of uh, marijuana over because pills are e- easy to hide. It's a big difference between marijuana and fentanyl. No, no, I understand, right. but one is a lot easier to hide than yeah, the other, no, and, no. and one is killing. Right, I agree. Mayorkas is someone that uh, this conference is unanimous in trying to hold accountable. I mean, we believe he needs to go. We believe. But if he's he saying his hands are tied by his administration. Well, we, I think there's pretty. it's pretty evident that uh, he's not securing the homeland. I don't think anyone would doubt that uh, we've had 100,000 people at least die since Joe Biden's been president of fentanyl overdose. We know the fentanyl's coming across the Mexican border. It happens every day. We know this because our Border Patrol agents and our sheriffs and our drug uh, task force agents all say the same thing. Everybody says the same thing, that it's coming across the border, and yet this administration won't do anything about it. Maybe Mayorkas is Homeland Security Secretary. His job is to protect the homeland. We have a border that's unsecure. Take away all the illegals that are crossing the border. Take away that. Let's not even talk about that. Let's just talk about the fentanyl. People are dying every day. More people are dying of fentanyl than dying at the hands of guns or anything else that they want to talk about up here in Washington on a regular basis. The fentanyl is something that the Democrats have completely turned a blind eye to. Somebody needs to be held accountable. And it's very easy to see who that someone should be. And someone should be Mayorkas. So you think he should go? I think he should go. All right, so you get somebody else. And you get somebody else. We still have fentanyl on the streets. Well, we have it on the streets, but hopefully we can shut off the supply coming from Mexico across that southern border. But we still got the problem with it coming from China. I mean, obviously, this isn't a foreign foreign relations committee, but I mean, I, I, to what extent could the oversight, besides putting a spotlight on this crisis, actually do something about the crisis? We've got to get tough with China on trade. You know, we're already trying to focus on ways to bring manufacturing, semiconductor manufacturing, chip manufacturing back to the United States from China. We need to start chipping away at every industry where China has a monopoly over there, especially if it's related to anything uh, that would be considered home. Uh, home 
homeland security uh, or, or national security. If China wants to make blue jeans over there, that, that's okay. All right. But if China's going to make chips or anything technology driven, like uh, anything uh, part of our iPhones or anything like that, then we need to hold them accountable. TikTok. TikTok spying on, has the potential to spy on every American all right, to buy, by uh, knowing where their location is. This is very dangerous. All right. the, the, the government needs to get firm and stand firm and get tough against these Chinese companies like TikTok. They need to do the same thing to try to get uh, Apple, and we need to have a meeting. This is where we have no leadership in the White House. The, the president needs to bring in all the, the big tech CEOs and say, we, what can we do as a government? If he wanted to be bipartisan, what, what are we going to do as a government to start bringing these industries back to where we're less dependent on China? They can't continue to make money hand over fist, uh, while at the same time they're still in our patents, our technologies, and they're they're killing our people by selling fentanyl in the United States. I love his intention. I think he's mm-hmm. very well intended, but I, I have my I doubts as, but I, I have my doubts as to uh, whether the administration will do anything ever. This administration. No, they won't. No, they won't. And, you know, now I have another thought why his plan is not the correct one when you talk about China. But let's back it up. We're talking about the border. Now, we're talking about now a guy out in California that's very popular in the Democratic Party. Uh, even though he was challenged, he won it. That's Gavin Newsom. But he's sitting there going, I'm not going to run against um, Biden. You know, he's mm-hmm. not running, but he's been doing subtle politicking. He was at the border. Right. And now, he didn't talk about the fentanyl problem or anything like that. He goes, well, we got to get this thing situated so we can get legal asylum for these guys. I'm going, what? Asylum? Oh, yeah. What the hell are you talking about? Oh, uh, <laughs> I heard yesterday, Bill. I couldn't find it, uh, the story on it, but I heard it was on Tucker's show and Jesse's show that the administration is going to give illegals health care. Right. In other words, they want to have the paperwork at the border ready so that they get instant uh, instant citizenship. Then I think they're going to get... Uh, there was a thing like this. I don't know if it was true or not, but back when uh, uh, Cubanos, you know, they, yeah. if they got to where they stood up on the shore yeah. in Florida, mm-hmm. then they were, they were accepted into the country. The money that you make, the hard-earned money that you pay out in taxes, part of those taxes are going to go to give those illegals coming across the border who have no business being here, who are breaking our laws, it's going to go to them to help pay their health care. Now, in the meantime, you may have a problem paying health care for your family, but as far as this administration is concerned, not a big deal. Yeah, and you know, going back to China thing with the fentanyl, and the jobs, and we got to get jobs here. I think you have to prioritize things. Now, we say sometimes China's ahead in this, China's ahead in that. We still have an advantage militarily, but we don't have much of an advantage, but we do have certain strengths that they haven't quite uh, commandeered yet and, and, and got it to fruition. And we need to put money and our strength and the reason for that is we need to keep them at bay to where they fear us then we second tier we attack the job you know we don't let industry go over there they can make what the hell they want to make but we can make it right here better 
Mm. And we we build American pride back. But we got to be strong, and then we got to sit there and keep the jobs here. And no, I'm not running for office because I probably have a tainted past. No, <laughs> actually, you have, you have more. You make more sense than a lot of guys who are in office. The only thing is, though, I just doubt as to uh, whether this administration will ever do what we consider to be the right thing. This administration is at 180 degrees from where what we believe is the right thing. They will never come all the way back to our side. Will they ever protect our homeland? No, they will not. They will not protect that border. It's because they're getting what they want. They want illegals in this country. They want our system to be overwhelmed. They mm-hmm. want it. And, and if they didn't want it, they would have been closing the the gap in the wall from the very beginning, which they didn't do. You know, we have, well, the, same, you know. We have the same guys. We have Joe Biden talking about how we have to have the wall up back in 2006, yeah. how we have to protect our borders. Uh, what's his name up in New York? Chuck, uh, Chuck Chuckle Schumer. Uh, he, he was once very pro border security and then somewhere along the line, I think, I think you can think I'm crazy, but I think it goes to guys like George Soros who forked over millions and millions of dollars to their campaigns and made all those people wealthy and reliant on George Soros. You know, I mean, you dance to the money. There's no, absolutely. no ifs, ands, or buts about it, you know, and they'll argue, well, we need these these illegal aliens coming in and, and accept them into our, our country because labor, their jobs that they will do that we won't do. Oh, in other words, so we're going to bring them over their slaves because they'll they'll take the 12 cent an hour jobs? Is that what they're going to do? We don't uh, hear any talk really about, we hear talk about fentanyl, stuff like that, which gives me the shivers. I have young grandchildren in college and you just pray. And I think they are, but you pray that they're smart enough never to take an aspirin from a friend because they got a headache and they can't find theirs. You hope that they're smart enough never to take something that they don't know where it came from because they, these people aren't just trying to get our people hooked on a drug. They're poisoning our kids. They're killing our kids intentionally. They are taking fentanyl and making it look like other medicines and then putting it into the system. They want, they want disorder. And well, let me scare the hell out of you. If you're a parent with a kid in school, when I, I went to school out in California, and drugs have always been a problem, and they used to sit there and they would tell you at school, oh, by the way, you want to get a drink of water between classes? you got to sit there and turn that handle for the faucet on and let it count to 20. Right. Because bad, bad agents were stuffing, you know, poison drugs into the spigot of, of the drinking fountain. Yes. Would you not sit there and take the powder of fentanyl and put that in there? Sure. Some kid goes, oh, between classes, boom, you got it. You know, if they want to get the drugs to you, they can do it anyway. You, you've got to think of everything possible. We got to just we got to find out how to stop it. It's incredibly deadly. I mean, I'm not talking about you take a pill and you may get sick. I'm talking about many times when they do a drug bust and they find some fentanyl pills, they have to call in hazmat. 
because they can't mm-hmm. touch the stuff with their hands. If you get it on your bare hands, it can kill you. Some of this fentanyl. It, the poison yeah. is so deadly, it'll seep through your pores and kill you. If you inhale the fumes of fentanyl, it can kill you. I, I saw a package of fentanyl pills. It was about uh, maybe nine inches wide by nine by four by maybe three. It was a bundle of fentanyl pills. The guy said this would take out a, a large metropolitan city. Mm-hmm. A large metropolitan city. He didn't talk about meaning it'll make him unconscious. He meant it will kill a large metropolitan city. And this is mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that's coming across the border. And I would submit that the inaction of this administration on that border is treason. It Forget the elections. Forget everything else that they've done that I think are illegal. Forget all that stuff. The mere fact that they are allowing an invasion of our southern border by strangers who are doing bad things to our country is treason and a cause for removal from office. I mean, if you commit treason, what do you do? You take the person out of the position that they're in. I mean, Benedict Arnold, when he committed treason, right, did they leave him on as general to talk about it? No, they went right after the guy. I think that every crime has a level of punishment. If you are a drug dealer or even a mule, a knowing mule, and you're delivering an agent of death, you know, I don't think that there's any if, ands, or buts. Do you do jail time, or do we start taking it more serious than that and say, you know what, forget your second chance. You, you just signed your, your fate. What does President Trump propose? He proposes immediate execution for, for drug dealers. I would say the same thing. And that is so inhumane. Oh, no, no, no. Was it humane when they took a life? If you allow a drug dealer to come across and that drug dealer has poison like fentanyl, if you allow it to happen, are you a co-conspirator? Yes, you so, are. So the administration is a co-conspirator by allowing that border to be open. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a no-brainer, friends. If they were coming across with guns, they wouldn't be doing more damage than what they're doing right now. I watch the border. I see it. Bill Malusian on Fox Bill does some fantastic reporting. He's been there for like 18 months. I don't know how he does it. I mean, I would be... I would be doing episodes with tears in my eyes. It's, it's so sad to see what's happening. Yes, there are some good people who are well-intended who want to come here for freedom, but they are surrounded by the, the evil of the most evil. Well, let me ask you. You know, obviously where the cartels reside, uh, their governments don't have control of them. And, you know, they have a hierarchy. So are they not a government you know, the- of sorts? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, we probably should be considering that war on the cartel. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yes, we should be going to war against the cartels. But this administration won't because no, they're working hand in hand. And you're going to go, oh, does that mean more DEA agents and stuff like that? No. Going to war on the cartel is using our full military resources and assets. And we go in. And they got weapons, let me tell you. They got weapons. The merchant of death has given them weapons to defend themselves. So why did why did they need that to contact him? Because, look, he's just, he's in it for the money. Yeah. He might sit there and say, well, these people are good people. But if that guy over there will give him a lot of money, 
then he puts his feelings aside and he makes that money. That's the life he chose. But I'm sitting there saying, you go hit these guys. You fly the jets over. You sit there and do strategic strikes. You get the population out of the way and protect them and take out the cartels. Where are the uh, the ingredients for the fentanyl coming from? It's not coming from Mexico. It's coming from China. China's shipping the ingredients to Mexico, and the cartels are mixing those ingredients and making the fentanyl. You can get high on marijuana. You can get high on cocaine. Those things are not good for you either, but you can get that. They're, they're for getting high. Fentanyl, basically, it's a weapon. I mean, fentanyl, it, it, it kills more people than gets them high. You know, you know what fentanyl is. You have somebody, let's say, that has terminal cancer. They're in pain. They are on their last legs of life. Right. They're probably in a, you know, a care Hospice, center. yeah. And, and that's when they give that to them. Yeah. They give it to them so that they can at least die in peace and with dignity. Now, the dirty truth is, I think New Hampshire, you can, you can die with dignity. They can sit there and give you the drip to where you go and you, you sleep it off, you feel good. If you know somebody that's a cancer patient. I don't know exactly how I feel that die with dignity, but there are people who have been doing say, it. They've been doing it around the country for decades. I mean, yeah, doc- doctors will yeah. come in and say, up the dose. Yeah. Just up the dose. And, you know, all of a sudden you see somebody with cancer that's been in pain going, hey, I feel good. They're dancing around. Say your goodbyes then. Because yeah. somebody has sat there and said, you know what? You know, I'm going to take their suffering away. That is what fentanyl was originally about and for it's available uh, on the streets you get a kid that's a druggie that works in a, a living care center like that it's in their pharmacy there it's around and then there of course is the illegal crap that's coming across so kids that want to get high yeah get that fentanyl we'll cut it down and you're going to really feel good but it can also kill you the difference between pharmaceutical fentanyl and what we get across the border is control how it's made yeah. Some of it, some of it is made uh, well, but most of it is made, you know, in a back back room or a, a barn somewhere. I'm sure the people who are making it are dying right and left because mm-hmm. because the, of the lack of control. You I, know, you I heard at- the figures: a hundred thousand people last year died from fentanyl overdosing in this country. Hundred thousand. Well, this is worse than uh, crystal meth. Meth was. And that goes back to China, and they wanted their soldiers to be alert all the time and almost be superhuman. Uh, Hitler did it for Germany. They actually had mixed pills, Bill. They made yeah. pills for their troop. They were called stimulants to keep mm-hmm. them so they could they could stay alert. They, normally they would be tired and they'd want to sleep, but you take one of these pills and you'll be ready for your, the next assault. And, and they did this on a regular basis to many of their troops. Most of the frontline troops had these pills. As a matter of fact, Bill Hitler used those pills. Yeah, yeah he did. And the, yeah, and the soldiers were kind of like superhuman. They could be shot, but they, their body was so jacked up on it, they kept running. But what you know, a lot of people didn't know, and there were the, the biker groups, the banditos and whatnot that, that made the crystal meth, they, they would go into Walmart and they would buy... Uh, liquid liquid lightning, the 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 you know the drain cleaner. That's sulfuric acid. 
that is one of the things that you use to cross over. They'd buy Coleman fuel. And there were other things that they would buy. And if you ever managed to store, you had to sit there and go, wait, this guy's buying coffee filters. He's buying this and he's buying that. Okay, he's not going camping and he doesn't have a, a sinus infection. This guy is cooking math. Right. You know, and when you, the, the ingredients I just mentioned are probably just a few of them, but sulfuric acid is used. Coleman fuel is used, and this is stuff that people sniff up their nose, and you go, well, that's bad, Bill, that's bad. Fentanyl is probably 100 times worse. So we have, uh, we have distraction after distraction by this administration because they don't want you to see that that fentanyl is coming across the border and poisoning no. our children, poisoning our children, and they do this with a smile. And, and I, again, I say that that is treason on their part, not just the part of the, of the uh, people who allow it to come in across the border who are working to get it across the border. I'm talking about treason in Washington, D.C. The, the guys that you see dressed up in nice suits and in positions of power who think the border should be breached, who think mm -hmm. there shouldn't be controls, they're as much to fault as the clowns who are carrying the packages of the stuff across the border, in my opinion. But that's just one side of it. Now there's the other side that we don't hear about. That's the trafficking of, hum oh, yeah. of human beings that are coming across the border. Children, little children are being used as, as a commodity. They're, they're hoofing these people across the border women and children, I should say, but a lot of little children, and they're being disappeared. That's the term they use. They're being disappeared across the border. We don't know where they go. Once they're, they're booked at the border and then they're released maybe into El Paso or someplace, mm -hmm. they're gone. You know? you know, some of those kids probably don't even make it to the border because these cartels, they will sit there and take some kids that they go, we're going to train this kid young because a lot of the cartel people were kids that were captured by the cartel that grow up to be the thugs because they, and, and that's not just a cartel thing that is done all over. They, they steal the children and they turn them into soldiers for them. If you think this is new. Okay. No, let's, st let's stop for a second. I'm going to take you back in the way back machine about 20 years to when mm -hmm. Jimmy Carter was a guest on the David Letterman show. All right? This is former President Jimmy Carter talking about human trafficking. Listen. Slaves are sold across international borders every year, and 80% of those slaves sold are young girls who are, going, are being sold into the sex slave slavery. And uh, this occurs, about 100,000 of them are in, in the United States, not sold across international borders. Atlanta is a, a key of, the, uh, of a human trafficking or slavery trade. How and why would it be, well, how and why does it exist anywhere? How and why would Atlanta be the center of it in the United States? I think States? because we have the largest airport on earth and, it's, and people move, come there from all over the uh, southern part of the hemisphere where girls can be bought cheaper 
than in other parts. In the, in the southern part of a, of a hemisphere, in, in Latin America and also, say, in Africa and so forth, in some parts of Asia, you can buy a girl, they can buy a girl for a thousand dollars. In Europe, to, you know, Europe and so forth, it costs up to eight thousand dollars. That's 20 years ago, maybe more. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's talking about Jimmy Carter is telling us what the prices are on these people. My question is, why the heck didn't he do anything about it when he was president? You know. Well, you know, I guess I could look at that two ways. You know, two ways. The way you are, why didn't he do anything? Or, you know, did he really have the power to do anything? Well, if you if you don't have the power to do anything when you're president of the United States and you're billed as the most powerful man on the planet, then we're in deep, deep trouble. Because if you can't fix the problem or make... We should have known back in 1976 when he was president the dangers of human trafficking, and it should have been in every newspaper around the country, and we heard nothing about it. We heard about back in 76 they were talking about the end of the Vietnam War had just ended. Oh, and then they had the prisoners. Remember in 79 in, in yeah. Iran, the 44 day, 444 days. Oh, my goodness. That was on the front cover. In the meantime, they were moving people across the border back then. Well, now they've only increased it. Now it's just jam-packed with more people coming across that border. We have a blind eye in America. And when I say we, I mean you, me. We are happy if I can sit there and have my morning cup of coffee. Maybe I'm going to stop off uh, and uh, get a cappuccino and an apple fritter. I love my apple fritter in the morning. As long as I have all the little things that I want, I might not pay attention to uh, that stuff on the news. And now with social media that people are paying attention, uh, the evildoers out there are people that tend to profit from it. Well, you know what? If you've noticed now, the news seems to be all fluff and no news, unless it's to beat up on Trump or beat up on a politician that they don't like. And that's where the importance of programs like ours comes into play, okay? Yeah. Now, maybe you're somebody who can do a show similar to ours and you feel the same way, and I would, I would recommend you do it, okay? We need more yeah. voices out there. If you cannot do it, if you feel that you haven't got the time or the skills to do what we do every day here, and like Bill has said so many times, we don't get anything for this. We're doing this. We we're doing this because we love our country, and we we don't want to see it go down in flames. If you can't do a program yourself, then please take some time to promote our show. Not because we're going to make anything more out of this. Don't don't uh, think that we are going to get suddenly rich because we've expanded our audience even more. But we're in trouble here. We're in trouble in this country. We have got to get the word out to people about the situation that we are in, the dire straits that we are in right now. And we're not going to get it from mainstream media. Mainstream media cannot be relied on. Am I right, Bill? I mean, No, you cannot rely on mainstream media. It's, it's a joke. I mean, I was sitting here, look, I look at the CBS station. I believe right. it might have been a company that you once worked yeah, for. Yeah, WBC in Boston. Yep, yeah. that's the one. Anyway, I sit there, and they, they have news on all the time. And mm -hmm. I'm going, wow, that story, uh, 
That ran yesterday about a half dozen times. Sure. And it's running today a half dozen times. And it is not news. It's a fluff piece. And when I say a fluff piece, oh, it's a feel-good story. Isn't that sweet? Isn't sure. that precious? Yeah. Isn't that nice? And then news is vital information you need to know. And they're feeding they those stories to all our other sister stations around the country. They may not, it, it, let's say it's a local story about uh, a certain subject, okay? And you mm -hmm. have a local guy doing that report. You say, well, it's a local story. He's doing the report. What you don't know is they've sent the same uh, information to the sister station in Pittsburgh or, or Chicago, and they have their local guy do wraparounds, do the intros and outros, and make it look local when actually it's not a local story. It's it's a national story they want to make look local. It's a fluff piece. Uh, they do steer the news, friends. They steer mm -hmm. the. They don't just report the news anymore like we did when we were younger. We or at least we thought we were doing an honest job. I don't mean I don't mean us as disc jockeys, but I mean our peers who worked in the news department back in the day. They did honest to goodness news. That's not necessarily the case anymore. We're getting a, a lot of uh, planned stories and let me just leave it at that uh, well I, that's all we're getting are planned stories that that's that's my thing and they're not even creative enough or 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 forward thinking enough to say boy we gotta freshen these stories like all the time because uh, they don't have the staff in there to do it anymore they're cheap so they they pick and choose what they want to sell you uh -huh. and that's exactly what they're doing and it's the repetitive nature that makes you believe that Trump's a bad guy. Uh, anybody that voted Republican is QAnon. Uh, and yeah. uh, it, on and on and on and on. They have made, by the way, these, they've created these labels for people, QAnon, MAGA. They've made them sound like they're evil and they're something to, to be uh, shunned, you know? And, and actually, they're not. I mean, MAGA started out of a, a Trump rally. It was a slogan, mm. make America great again. That was how he promoted his campaign. And everybody who uh, went to his rallies, they were MAGA supporters, making America great again. Well, this administration has tried desperately to make the term sound like Nazi. Okay? Uh, QAnon, I think we've talked about this before, but I'll say it again. Absolutely, yeah. You know, Q was uh, this character who no one knows who he is who in, back in 2017 started posting on uh, some social sites his opinion and his prediction about what was happening in the news. And he, he said he based his opinions, his predictions, on information that he was privy to. And, you know, some of what he was saying back then, if you look at his old posts, Bill and I are not Q members per se. We just, everybody who follows the news, you have to bump into his stuff. He was right about a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. The people who followed his his theories and his websites and his social media on a regular basis were called anonymous, anons. They were the people who every day went to see what his next post was about. And what they've done, the media has taken the Q and the anons, and they've pushed it together, and now it's QAnon, this mysterious evil group that's out there working behind the scenes to destroy our society. That's not the case. That is not the case. That's a lie from the left. 
It's a lie from the left. Most people who read those sites are just guys who want the best for our country. And they're praying that something happens so that it's rescued before it's too late. That's all. Am I right? Yeah, I you're mean, absolutely right. Bill, I, I, and now don't, don't call Bill or I QAnon, please, because we are not to be labeled. We are not to be labeled. We're just two guys who worked in broadcasting who pay attention. We can't do much else at our age, you know. We can't go running around well, at a speak rally. For yourself, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he said with a devilish grin, uh, "You yeah, rascal." Uh, uh, but you no, know, I, I think that we have to understand that our society right now is in jeopardy. And if you can do anything, it would be to tell your friends about programs like ours. If it's not ours, if you have another show that's similar to ours that has the same kind of theme. Uh, and is getting the truth out there or th what we believe is the truth, then point them in that direction. But the only way we're going to get the word out, honestly, is by having our listeners recommend us to new people. Because the, the mainstream media, with all of its glamorous glitz, with all of its big bucks, with its big television networks, with all of its millions and millions of dollars behind it, they're not telling us the truth, okay? And if they're not telling us the truth, then what good are they? If, if all we're going to get from these people are lies, shaped stories, dishonest stories, ignored stories, if all we're going to get is that, then what the hell are we doing here on this planet? So we have to make our own methods of, of uh, dissemination of the truth. And I think that shows like ours and some others... Are are the answer, and yeah. and uh, we could go on. I also should point out, Bill, that uh, Laura Logan, uh, yeah. she she was talking again yesterday about uh, uh, the battle of good versus evil. She's understand. It is a battle of good versus evil when you really think about it. Oh, it is, Bill. And and the thing about Laura is, people say, well, you know, she must be reading the wrong things on the going to the wrong websites. No, Laura is a reporter. Laura goes out and she does her own research. She knows how to get it done properly. And uh, sh so when you hear Laura talking about things that may seem awfully weird and strange, it's because she went out and did the research. She found out about it. She didn't take somebody else's opinion. This is Laura Logan, the battle of good versus evil. Listen. I don't have any regrets about what I said because it was true. I mean, they were asking me about the border and I was tying the pieces together and connecting the dots. The same people who are in favor of open borders, you know, these are the people like the Podestas of this world, right, who are going to with Maria Abramovich and doing spirit cooking dinners. I'm sorry, but if you look into this stuff and you see what it really is, it's not okay. It's not okay. And um, I'm, I am really at peace with all of this. I don't care, uh, you know, whatever song and dance and theater people want to make about canceling me. It doesn't really matter to me. I mean, when you look at Fox News, for example, I had a great run at Fox. I love so many of the people there. But when it came to the war coverage of Ukraine, there's not a chance in hell I could have been part of that propaganda and deceit, right? There's not a chance in hell. And I'm a real war correspondent. You know, I spent 15 years of my life at war, right? And uh, and long before that, I was in the wars in Angola and Mozambique, places in Africa that many people in this country have never even heard of or couldn't place on a map. 
So, uh, you know, I, I have a real piece about this because when you start to peel back the layers and you start to see, um, and you know the infrastructure that is involved in, uh, in promoting and pushing these ideas, right? The fact that you can have, uh, you know, spirit cooking and Maria Abramovich can be on the cover of Ukraine's Vogue magazine and on the cover of Elle magazine and on, you know, the cover of all of these different magazines and I dress up in, in uh, obviously satanic, you know, costumes and uh, doing a very uh, satanic uh, kind of things, holding up a severed head of a goat and having her hands around a young girl dressed in black and, you know, all of this stuff with children. I, I mean, it's very simple to me. I'm not okay with it. I, and I think that there's something wrong with people who are. And if we are a society that's reached a point where we're all okay with it, then there's something wrong with our society. But I'm not going down with this ship. But if you're gonna try to make this political and make it about you know dangerous, crazy right-wing theories, okay, no, right? It's not about that. Let's be very, very clear. Has, has anyone taken the time to look at the investigations that journalists have done into the stylist from Balenciaga? Okay, because if you have, you will see this woman. I mean, there she has a photograph of herself in a in a blood red suit with two babies covered in blood. She posts on her Instagram the murder scene of a child's bedroom with blood stains everywhere and kid stuff. I mean, uh, she's got they 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 literally have people lying there that have been cannibalized with their insides hanging out. They, there's a young woman doing that. There's a woman with her legs spread open on a pentagram on her Instagram page. She designs for Adidas and for Balenciaga. So the people, wait, let's see, didn't Adidas just cancel Ye? They canceled Kanye West because he's so offensive, but it's perfectly okay to post poems that are about ripping out the insides of a virgin and having her laying out there on your bed, soaking blood with her guts hanging out. Because that's on the stylist from Balenciaga. That was on her Instagram page. I read it yesterday. Wow. And, you know, people say, well, we didn't know what was in our ads, right? Baloney. Everything that Everything that is done in these uh, ad departments has to be approved by people and recommended by people. And they know who they're dealing with all up and down the chain in these big That's corporations. Absolutely right. What can I read to you, Bill, what spirit cooking is? Do you know what the term spirit cooking? She referenced it. And I, I thought spirit cooking. I'm not sure I, I know what that is. No, actually, I don't. So well, this will be an edumacation to me. Spirit cooking refers to a sacrament in the religion of Thelema which was founded by Alistair Crowley, who was uh, the founder, I believe, of the satanic religion in this country, and involves an occult performance during which, and now this is, I'm reading you the definition here, it, it, it involves um, the use of menstrual blood, breast milk, urine, and sperm, and I guess they used to paint pictures. And it says, according to Marina Abramovich, who was mentioned by, uh, by Lara, if the ritual is performed in an art gallery, it's merely art. But if the ritual is performed privately, then it represents an intimate spiritual ceremony. That's the definition of spirit cooking. Apparently, this is something that Abramovich, someone said that she was a woman who had been used by the evil, the evil ones when she was a child, 
and and it mm-hmm. and it left her scarred. So she grew up, and, and and like a lot of people who have been abused, they become abusers. You know, this is right. apparently she's kind of into this stuff now, and her work is this kind of work that uses spirit cooking. Um, there are evil, evil people in our society that you walk by probably every day, and you can't tell the difference as to who they are, but they're out there, and a lot of them have money and power and a place in government. And I'm afraid we have some in our government right now as we speak. Um, This goes back again to getting the word out. Bill, I was thinking as this was going along, uh, we have a new network per se called CRN America. Okay? Right. And it's going to be a place, right now it's a place where you'll find our last four or five shows, it rotates. And so, and it's on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But as we find other shows that are similar to our program, then they weave into the, uh, the mix. At yeah. Set times. It yeah. Be, it'll become more and more of an, uh, of a network with different types of programming. And right. it's going to be an important uh, tool tool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to get the word out about what's happening in our society. And uh, with the grace of, of God and your help, and we're gonna, you will probably see when you go to CRN America, not now, because we're still getting it set up, but you'll probably see at some oh, point. Go take well, a look at it and listen to it. But you might see a donation button, right? And, and you may say, whoa, they just want to make money out of this. Everything that we do costs money. Everything costs a buck. And... We only have we have limited funds. We we're two yeah. guys, we're two guys. But yeah. Does anybody actually you know when you think about donations and all of that, and everyone goes well you know they're making a lot of money, but actually it's it's an old mathematical equation that uh, that works whether you're doing it with a donation or you're you're running a business you call an eight hundred number, it's one eighth of one percent. So whatever that donation is, that's the equation of what you're going to get from the amount of people that there are out there. You got a million people, you take 1% and one-eighth of that 1%, and that's what you're really drawing from. Right, right. So, and no, we don't have a million people out there, but but we have a good number. But, you know, that really means it's down to a handful of people. What's interesting... What's interesting is we're finding that we're growing an audience for CRN America without any promotion at all. We've done nothing. By the way, that's one of the things that donations would do. It would give us the ability to to promote our network and to get the word out to people to say, hey, we're over here and we have some information for you that you may not know uh, about. That's true. uh, So... And I think that button is something that will be coming up probably sooner rather than later. I know we have a lot of things uh, on the table right now, but uh, if you go to CRN America and you see that, uh, please consider it, especially around the holiday season. (laughs) Yeah, that would be a good idea. Well, you know what? Speaking of the holiday season, what is it? The 16th is our uh, our one-year anniversary. Day after tomorrow, Bill. Yeah. I guess on Friday, yeah. Friday is our anniversary, and you know what? We have not asked for one dime in a year. Yep. And so uh, we're probably the only podcasters that, and now with the stream, 
that have gone that long without going, you know, a begathon for money. And we would never grovel. I would never grovel, and I know you would never no. grovel and beg. So no. that, that's just the point. People don't realize the work that goes into doing what we do every day. I'm not trying to, you know, heart some flowers here, but, I mean, it takes a lot of research. It takes a lot of technical skill to put the programs together and to get them out onto the systems, uh, to get them into the CRN stream, to make sure that they run properly, uh, to make sure that you can listen to them properly. All those things, mm-hmm. uh, all those things take time and and money. And uh, uh, so down the road, not too far down the road, you're going to start seeing us. We might even mention it again on other programs. So please consider donating to uh, to help the cause here. We're trying not to keep. We're trying not to do commercials. You know, we're trying to stay away from that because commercials, um, some of they're very well intended, but also we've. Didn't you say that some people who had a different message than us had? Express some interest in, in in advertising in our program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get that. Or what they want to do is they say, "Look, we'll fill those holes with ads." But then you know, I've listened. Okay, let's just take Sean Hannity for instance. He's on Fox. Right. It's on a lot of different stations, but those stations plug in ads. Now, if you remember back, even in the midterms and back in the 2020 election, they the Democrats were really smart. They said, you know what? There's a lot of conservative talk shows out there. Buy time in those shows. Right. So, you know, he'd be sitting there bashing Biden, and here came a great Biden commercial talking about how great of a guy he is and all of that stuff. And, you know, that that all of a sudden takes your message and squashes it down to nothing. Yeah, they take the money from Sam Bankman-Fried. And they invested in commercials on conservative programs. By the way, you heard he was arrested, right? Sam yeah, Bankman he was Frank. arrested. Also, yeah, and you know, also the, 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 he's in he's in jail in the Bahamas, and right. they don't want to release him into the United States till at least February. And now the people on all of the sides in the U.S. are saying, "Wait a second, he was supposed to testify yesterday, but he couldn't do it because he was under arrest," and they're keeping him away from the New York prosecutor who wants to file charges against him, what's going on? And I I think what they're doing is they're trying to keep him out of the line of fire, keep him quiet. That's my opinion. Yeah, they don't don't want him talking. And the Democrats are already building the narrative. I saw it today. They're saying Democrats and politicians in Congress are not crooks. They just, they don't understand. uh, they, They don't know corruption when they see it. I'm going, oh. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big, bold lie, but that's just what. And your buddy Fetterman, you said he's in a movie now. Yeah, he is. Uh, I'm not sure what it's called. I'm sure maybe it's a remake of The Addams Family, and he plays Uncle Festus. I don't know. That's um, probably what it is. Hey, listen, we got to get out of here because we've uh, we've gone over time, as we do sometimes. Have yourself a wonderful day up there in uh, in Boston. Give my regards. Boston, to, yeah. yeah. Give my regards to all the people that hang around having the yard. And uh, yeah. yes, and we'll do this again tomorrow. All right, sounds like a plan, but I gotta get my watch fixed because we we ran over again. There's something wrong with the watch. No, something wrong with dice, but that's besides the point. <laughs> well, take care, buddy. Can't fix that. <laughs> no. <laughs> the Voice of Freedom, CRN America.